Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello and welcome to the William Hill-sponsored Scottish Sun Football Podcast. I'm Derek McGregor. Joining me in our Glasgow HQ today is my esteemed colleague, David Frail. You well, David? I'm good, Derek. Take a few days off and all hell breaks loose, but apart from that... <laughs> Straight back into it, so to speak, David. I mean, it's been another remarkable few days for Rangers, David. Stunning departure of Mark Warburton on Friday night and the manner of it, followed by an explosive statement from the chairman, Dave King. The game yesterday, the Scottish Cup fifth round tie against Morton at Ibrox yesterday, which they've managed to, to squeeze through under the caretakership of Graham Murty. First of all, just on a general level, David, how what have you made of what's happened since Friday night? It's, it's been, yeah, I'm not surprised that Mark Warburton isn't the Rangers manager anymore. I'll, I'll, be, I'll, be, kinda, I'll be honest about that. I, I didn't ever think Mark Warburton, but we're talking eight mo- 18 months, he lasted. I never ever felt Mark Warburton was at Rangers for a long haul. I just didn't get the feeling. I, I, I just didn't ever think he was... Overly comfortable in the position, and vice versa. I just didn't think it was ever going to be a long-term thing for for various reasons. But I was quite surprised at the way it all unfolded on Friday and everything that's happened since. And both sides, obviously, having their, their say to an extent, and you're hearing more and more about it. So I'm surprised in the way it's all come out at the end and all ended uh, finally. But I'm, I'm not overly surprised that Mark Warburton's away. I think everyone accepted or had, had really begun to accept there was a case of when mm. Warburton would go, but I think certainly out, you know, just suddenly at nine o'clock on Friday night it's announced he's gone. You know, remarkable. Yeah, yeah, it was, and, and obviously he's done the press conference earlier yeah, in the day as well. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of those ones, and then everything that happened after it as well. You know, obviously you're, you're written the story for Saturday's paper with quotes from Mark Warburton basically saying. I've not resigned so it was. It led to a kind of element of drama farce as well it was let's be, let's be honest about it about Rangers saying he's resigned he said he's not resigned then it, all, it was Dave King's statement on Saturday which added a bit more probably clarity to it but even then there's a lot going on behind the scenes you know there's, with the LMA involved and everything so I think this will run and run but it was a, a very dramatic way for a, you know for Rangers to lose a manager in the end David, you've been in journalism long enough. You've seen plenty of storylines, you know, sensational, bizarre, bewildering, however you want to call it. When you see the statement from Dave King, the chairman out in South Africa, were you surprised at how um, explosive it was and how detailed it was in terms of a, a character assassination of Mark Warburton? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think the original Rangers statement was very detailed as well to be honest with you it didn't really leave a lot to you know it, it basically made everything quite clear as to what had happened but Dave King's statement just followed up I mean I, I can't remember uh, the chairman de facto owner of a club being so savage in, in the way he spoke about a kind of manager that's gone in terms of he basically made it clear as he wasn't happy with the job he was doing he wasn't happy with the signings he wasn't happy with where Rangers were and he wasn't happy with Mark Warburton's conduct basically you know, accusing them of, of various different things, of using Rangers as a stepping stone, of wanting to go to England, other stuff as well. 
it was very, very detailed and very, you know, a real break from the usual kind of, you know, I don't we know, thank for his services and wish him well for the yeah. future. Yeah. You know, you, you, how, many, how many club statements do you see like that? Dave King was very, very detailed. And it's clear all wasn't well. As you're saying, I think over the last few weeks, there was always a, a sense that this is probably coming to an end. You know, you've seen managers before um, where you just know things are coming to an end. And I think Mark Warburton, a lot of his kind of public um, his press conferences some of the stuff he started talking about in terms of the random nature of football and all that sort of stuff it just didn't really stack up you know and if Celtic had lost four games and, and Rangers had won an extra one the, the gap would only be ten points well that's, that's football doesn't work that way you know that's not real life so I, I do think there was a sense it was getting getting to the end but Dave King basically made it clear or made it clear sorry that he was not happy at all with the job Matt Warburton was doing at Rangers and therefore, although it was a resignation, they not resign, all that sort of stuff, I don't think there was going to be a long-term future for them there anyway. You're listening to the William Hill-sponsored Scottish Sun Football Podcast. David, we revealed on Saturday that Alex McLeish, former manager of course, former very successful manager at Rangers, 2001-2006, is the favourite to come in now. What's your take on Big Ek and his credentials for the job, even if it's only just the end of the season? I think, I think he makes sense for Rangers just now, in a way, because Rangers want someone who has knowledge of the club, has knowledge of the Scottish game, who's been there and done it, who will be able to handle the pressures, handle the media side of it, the PR side of it. So I do think that, in, in that sense, he does tick all the boxes. He's a vastly experienced manager. He's been Scotland manager, he's been Rangers manager, Hibs, down in England, um, various jobs. So I don't think it would be daunting at all for him. He's a safe pair of hands to an extent. Long term, is that the way Rangers want to go down? I'm not so sure. You know, Dave King released another statement on Monday talking about they've got a, a long term view of where the club should be going. You keep hearing about director of football, maybe getting appointed somewhere along, along the line in the next few months, whoever that may be. Would Alec McLeish be able to work with the director of football long term? I'm not so sure. I think if you're getting a director of football, it has to be more of a head coach. Mm-hmm. But in the short term, for somebody to steady the ship, come in, you know, get, get back to the basics try and get Rangers to finish second ahead of Aberdeen and obviously Rangers are now in a quarter final of the Scottish Cup I think Alec McLeish makes perfect sense I think Billy Davis would as well to be honest with you I think he would he would fit the bill too but I think Rangers just need an experienced guy at the helm right now Yeah he ticks just about every box in that respect David doesn't he I mean and he's, he's got presence he's got a stature of course, not all of his managerial jobs since he left Rangers have, have you know, particularly gone well but no. I mean he won a major trophy at Birmingham his last job was in Genk in Belgium you know, he's well connected. By and large, I think he's well liked. And I think he's always known as somebody that's good at man management. Hmm. You would think that's probably ideal with a squad right now. Yeah, exactly. And that's what, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know long term if Rangers would want to go down Alec McLeish's route. I, I don't know if they would want to, you know, that, that type of manager. I don't know if he fits the bill, you know, in, in terms of what Dave King's inferring towards the way he wants Rangers to go. But I think needs must right now, and they need a short-term fix. Rangers, they need someone in there who, as you're saying, you know, a real safe pair of hands, a guy who knows what it's all about. And Alan McLeish, to me, was perfect. And was I don't perfect. think there's any doubt that you know, given the call or given the the invitation to come, that Alec McLeish would hesitate. No, I think I mean he made it clear on Sky. I mean it was quite fortuitous for Sky yesterday that Alan McLeish is on to do the punditry for the Rangers Morton game and, and he made it clear that he would be more than happy to come in and do it and, you know, and I, I don't see any reason why not we're in February there's still what, 14, 15 games to go in the league there's a Scottish Cup as well I think you know for three or four months I think Alan McLeish would be more than happy to do it Given how well Celtic are at the moment they're a juggernaut seemingly unstoppable 
whether it's Alec McLeish or anyone else, does it in terms of getting closer to Celtic, could any other, could any manager right now somehow get close be, between now and the end of the season? I think, I think it's going to be hard. I, I do think a, a manager could maybe come in and simplify things slightly. You know, Martin Wycorn, I thought his stuff in the, um, today's paper where he spoke about the changes that Mark Warburton made, players were in, players were out, there was this 4-3-3, there wasn't really a lot of flexibility in the way Rangers played. You know, I thought it was fascinating yesterday that Graham Murphy for the last 20, 25 minutes just went to a 4 4 2. You know, it's the first time I've seen Rangers play 4 4 2 in I don't know how long. It was almost like, you know, it just shows you can be a little bit flexible. And I think looking back at Mark Warburton's reign, I know it's not really, because everything that's happened, there's not really been a, a kind of proper look back and what, where it all went wrong and all that sort of stuff. But to me, that was one of his big problems. Rangers never ever changed the way they were going to play. Everybody knew how, how they'd play 4 3 3. You know, he'll speak about the midfield three has been different. It was a four-three-three, and I think a manager will come in and simplify it, make Rangers a bit harder to beat away from home, especially in the games. You know, games come up at Petodre, games come up at Tynecastle, Celtic Park. Rangers need to be a bit harder to beat than they have been so far, and um, I think I think a manager like McLeish should be able to do that. Well, I was just about to say that first and foremost, Rangers have to ensure they get second place, mm. but. You know, you've still you've still got at least two old fun games to come up. You know, the next one's at Parkhead next month, and then after the split, there'll be Ibrox, potentially a Scottish Cup meeting between it. You know, between them, could somebody like Alec McLeish in those derby games restore some credibility for Rangers? Is that possible? Is it realistic? Is he capable of doing yeah, that? I mean, I think he's capable of, of, of getting a reaction from the Rangers players and improving Rangers. I do think Celtic are, out, are way out ahead just mm. now. You know, I, I don't. You know, I, I just think Celtic against every team. I think they still look motivated. I think, you know, I mean, we're touching Celtic later on, but I, I do think there is a gap between between the teams. The last game of the season will be at Ibrox, the league game. You never know. You just never know. The one, you know, Celtic were the better team at Ibrox the last time. The Rangers did have a couple of chances towards the end. Could have probably got a, got a point there. So you never, you, you just never know. But I think in terms of trying to bridge a gap to a, a huge extent the last year for four months of the season, I think that'd be pretty hard to do. From a long term possibility, if we're accepting David that the the focus of the Rangers chairman Dave King and his board for the moment as an interim appointment if we're looking at a long term successor and it isn't say Alec McLeish do we look beyond Derek McInnes is he the obvious standout candidate or do you see anyone else I don't think I mean I, I do think Derek McInnes is an obvious candidate I do but I don't think he's the only one by any means you know for me and you know I said it the other day on Twitter I think Tommy Wright is as good a manager in Scottish football just now out with Brendan Rodgers Brendan Rodgers obviously you know, a top class manager who's doing unbelievable things with Celtic but in terms of the, the managers elsewhere I think Tommy Wright is right up there I would agree um, to me it, it, again it, he's very I mean I spoke about a, a Rangers manager coming in short term to simplify things Tommy Wright is very good at simplifying things he had a bad result on Saturday Party Thistle at home for St Johnson, but he's won a Scottish Cup in the past. He's got a decent record in Europe. They've never failed to make the top six in Johnson. Always made the top. The punch above his weight, can get a reaction from players. Signs well, you know. Players like him. Players respect him. He's got that kind of hard streak about him as well. I think Tommy Wright in Scotland is has every bit as good a claim to the to the job as Derek McInnes. Derek McInnes again has shown at Aberdeen that he can build a team. He can build a squad. His signings have been pretty good by and large. I think he's got good contacts down south as well. I think he's looked... You know, he probably not looked at the foreign market as much, but maybe that's just down to Aberdeen's finances and, and maybe the structure behind the scenes at the club. 
but Derek McInnes again has played for Rangers he, he knows what it's about and I think he would do a good job as well but I, I, I don't think Tommy Wright should be discounted if he's just looking at, in Scotland for, for contenders I would definitely agree with you David I think Tommy Wright has long since earned the right for a bigger opportunity with the greatest of respect to St Johnson you know I, I, you know, if we're looking at qualities in a manager I, th- I think he's outstanding he's got the presence he's got the know-how he's clearly got the man management skills I think he's got an eye for a player as he's shown in a very limited budget at St Johnson and through all you know he's, he's brought success the level of success that most St Johnson fans really couldn't expect I just wonder are you are you intrigued in any way by the, the kind of Frank De Boer kind of element that emerged over the weekend yeah yeah, and, and I do what I was going to say in terms of Tommy Wright Derek McInnes you know I spoke about obvious Scottish candidates or Scottish based candidates I do have an inkling and a, and a feeling given this director a football thing won't go away in terms of Rangers maybe changing the structure and Dave King mentioning how Rangers do have an idea where they want to go long term mm-hmm. I think if Rangers go up around that director of football model then I think the coach has to come afterwards and I think a coach has to be a coach a head coach as opposed to a manager for me Tommy Wright's a manager for me Derek McInnes is a manager yeah. I think if Rangers go down that route they would seek to appoint someone in a director of football position first and then appoint a head coach. I don't think you can have just here's here's your manager, and by the way, there's a guy you're going to have to work with as director of football. I think there has to be a link there, and I think everybody has to be on board with what's happening. So I wonder whether Rangers would maybe potentially put an interim manager, say Alan McLeish, for example, appoint a director of football with a long term view, and then a head coach comes after it. That would be math. Certainly, if we were looking at it cynically, and they were maybe considering an appointment that wasn't just strictly from a footballing point of view, if there was a box office element to it I mean Frank De Boer would sure get the Rangers fans excited and particularly if there was also a suggestion that his brother Ronald would be yeah. coming in tow as well two former Rangers players brilliant names in football yeah I mean and Frank De Boer as well would be he would fit into that model because in, in Holland the director of football head coach model has worked he's, he's, he's worked in Italy as well and, and I think he would he would fit into that model as well what these guys have also got in their favour is they're available mm. You know, Billy Davis is that in his favour too. Alan McLeish has it in his favour. Good point. And Frank DeBoer as well. There's no compensation involved. I don't know the ins and outs of Derek McInnes' contract, for example, but I don't think it would be cheap to get him from Aberdeen. No. So I, th- I think that I think guys who are out of work, and, and listen, there'll be a million coaches out there queuing up to take Rangers off. There would be, of course there will be, but I, I do think the guys that are available have maybe a, a little bit of a, a head start just in the sense that there's no compensation involved. I mean, Frank De Boer, of course, was sacked by Inter Milan, his last position, you know, at the, at the kind of start of the season. But prior to that, had phenomenal success at Ajax. And, you know, should Rangers possibly look at, you know, think out the box, so to speak? I mean, somebody like Frank De Boer would also bring such a profile to the mm-hmm. club. And clearly there's financial issues at the club just now. But somebody like Frank De Boer would give that kind of, more of a kind of, I don't know, saying global would be over the top but the profile that it would bring Rangers and the attention could potentially be very lucrative for them as well you would yeah, think yeah and I also think in terms of scouting and unearthing gems which is something Rangers need connections to do, you, know, yeah. I, you know because I, I think you know again you know Dave King spoke about the transfers and spoke about this and spoke about that and getting value for money I don't think Rangers in the time under Mark Warburton have developed enough assets in the sense that who is worth a lot of money we've spoke about this before in previous podcasts who in the Rangers squad is worth a lot of money just now who has been signed and been developed to, the, to an extent where Rangers could go and get 2-3 million pounds for yep. I don't really see anybody to be perfectly honest with you and I think that's been a failing I think that's something that Rangers need to start doing because you know obviously the financial issues are well documented the Mike Ashley thing Scottish football doesn't make you that much money European football will 
Rangers are going to have to get through eight qualifiers in the summer. Of course, eight qualifiers. Whoever they bring in, you know, they're kind of hamstrung, but this might actually grip on the retail arm, which is obviously a massive issue for Rangers. But you know, that's what I'm saying in terms of the Europa League. Europa League can maybe make seven, eight million pounds, but you're going to have to get through the group stages, which means somebody's going to have to come in and negotiate eight qualifiers. Yeah. So this whole thing about European football suddenly being an influx of money—that's a bit of a red turn unless you get to the group stages, which isn't going to be easy. So I do think Rangers need to. Almost self-finance in the sense of players get players in that are worth money, develop them on. I think Mark Robertson hope hope that would be the case with Matt Crooks and um, Josh Windass and Jordan Rossiter, guys like that. It's not really happened, you know. Jordan Rossiter has been injured. Windass has been okay. Matt Crooks is already gone. Joe Dudu's not been seen. These are guys that he maybe he maybe felt get them in for buttons, develop them on, but it's not happened. And by the way, if you're looking, if you know, if, if, if we just return briefly to the Dave King statement and the element of the board unhappiness with the recruitment record from last summer, quite honestly, I think most people will agree with that, David. Well, I don't, I don't the recruitment record is, you know, it's... <laughs> You know, it's, it's been poor, really poor. I don't, I don't think you can disagree with that. And even, to be honest with you, even the, the, first, the first transfer window got Rangers through the Championship pretty easily. OK, there was bumps in the road, but, you know, Mark Robertson maybe signed, I don't know, 12, 13 players. Guys like Martin Wycombe, James Tavernier, Wes Fodringham, Rob Keeling, Danny Wilson were more than good enough to get Rangers out of the Championship. That wasn't an issue. But even those guys, are any of those guys worth any money really now? Well, the, the thing is, if, you, if, if, we're, if we're just going back to last summer... You know, the, the the players that have cost Rangers the most have been, you know, disastrous. Joey Barton, Michael O'Halloran, Joe Gardner. Mm. You know, they've cost between them good fees, good wages, shocking return. Mm-hmm. You know, so in that respect, I don't think there's very few people that can argue that Dave King and the and the directors have a right to be mm-hmm. angry and indeed to, you know, to put Mark Warburton and Frank McParlin under severe scrutiny for those. And, and that's why I think the next manager that comes in or the next head coach that comes in or the director of football will be given that task, basically generate value, get value, get guys for a couple of hundred grand and turn them into three million pound players. I know it's maybe easier said than done, but clubs do do it. You know, if it, if, if it means going and getting a guy for a million that you think in a year's time he'll worth five million, that, that is something Rangers are going to have to do sooner rather than later to start generating money. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. You're listening to the William Hill-sponsored Scottish Sun Football Podcast. I'm Derek McGregor. I'm talking to my football writing colleague, David Freel. And David, my understanding from the squad meeting on Saturday morning at the Rangers training ground with the managing director, Stuart Robertson, the finance director, Andrew Dixon, it was made clear to the players that the caretaker, Graham Murty, who's been development coach as well, could be in charge for up to four weeks. Do you find that realistic? Would you be surprised if that was the case? I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised. I don't think there's any need for... I mean, Graham Murray, you know, I thought he spoke well on I mean, Sunday. He did his job on Sunday. You know, it can't be easy for him to take over, especially as he spoke about Mark Robertson's on his interview panel and suddenly he's having to fill his shoes with all the drama and all the kind of bad feeling that his departure left. 
but I, I don't really see any reason why Graham Murray should have to be fast tracked to that position and, and put under that kind of pressure and stress because you know he's he's a young coach learning his trade. He's doing a very good job, I think, with the Rangers on the twenties, and, and it's a very young Rangers on the twenties team. But you know there, there are enough candidates. We spoke about them: Alan McLeish, Billy Davis, etc. Who can come in now. straight away right now? So yeah. I don't really see. I'd be very very surprised if Rangers don't make an appointment with him by, by Thursday Friday this week. David, Brendan Rodgers made clear over the weekend that while Celtic, as I say, are like a juggernaut at the moment, 27-point lead, three games from potential treble, he's not for easing up, uh, David. You know, Brendan Rodgers has made it clear that he would love to win the league by 50 points. Could that happen? Is that folly? <laughs> or is there kind of tongue-in-cheek by him? Is that essentially the message from him just being... No easing up here. He said that that's what he's not going to stop, and he won't stop because if you look at, I mean, if Celtic have it seventy points from twenty four games this season. Phenomenal. I looked at last season. Celtic won the league with eighty six points, so they've got fourteen games to get what seventeen points, which would break last season's tally. I mean, I, I mean, they could do it in, in six, or whatever, five six. I don't. I think Celtic could easily break the hundred point record this season. Not a problem. I just don't see them easing up, and I think what Brendan Rodgers is doing is he's using his squad very well. You know, you see most players now are getting game time, and they're so desperate to stay in the, the team. They've got to perform. They've got to perform. So, for example, Svechenko was out for a few games. Now he's back in. Samuelovic got rested at the weekend. Boyata has been a revelation since he came back in. Now, dear Chief, she's already he's, started. He's starting, to, he's starting to feature Liam Henderson been in the last few weeks. Cal McGill had been in, but you've got Sure Armstrong coming back. You've had Forrest Roberts switching, switching around and barely a little rest. The wee injury, he's back in, scored six goals in two games. Yeah, Beaton's been a, a different player in the last couple of weeks. You know, he looks like a guy who's really had a kick up the backside. Is this is this a, to come in as well? Abu Kwasi. Is this simply a case of a very good manager? Expertly managing his squad. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think so. I think Brendan Rodgers has always been very clear that it's a squad thing at Celtic. He's got his, he's probably got his first eleven in mind. To be perfectly honest with you, for the bigger games, and and I think if he got to a semi final or, or a, you know the next tough away game, I think you'll see Brendan Rodgers pretty much. You could pretty much name the team. But I think what he's doing is he's making sure every single player on that team is going to end up probably at least twelve appearances. 12 starts coming the end of the season they all feel part of it you speak to all the players and they drop in and out of the team but they're all happy they all feel part of it and they know they're on the verge of something really really special this season of course I mean no manager no matter how good he is can legislate for, for injuries they, they can strike at any time we know that they can be in training they can be in games and I suppose you can look at it he's also ensuring that if somebody suddenly has to come in mm-hmm. as you quite rightly point out he's still had some game time mm-hmm. he's not completely rusty no not at all and it's in every single area Gamboa Izaguiri they've all had their fair share of games this season and I just think you look at Celtic and, and I, I just think they look fit they look strong there's guys coming back at good times. There's guys, you know, really playing in some. Some. I mean, Scott Brown's been outstanding this season, but I think Scott Sinclair, Emerson Dembele's going to get all the all the plaudits, and, and quite rightly so because he's only twenty. He scored twenty six goals. He's going to shatter all, all sorts of records this season, probably. But I think Scott Sinclair's been Celtic's best player this season. I, I generally mean, do. The, the confidence levels are you know sky high. I mean, you're you're looking at Mikel Lustig finishing in a way that his fellow Swede Henrik Larsson would have appreciated. Great first touch, left foot finish. But I mean, Dembele, Musa Dembele is just a phenomenon at the minute. Mm. You know, 27 minute hat trick against St Johnson, 14 minute hat trick against Denver. Phenomenal. What do you see his final tally for the season potentially be? <laughs> I mean, he's in 26 just now. There's potentially 17 games to go. 
it's, I mean, it's, 50. Up, so it's up there. I don't think 50. I, I no, think 50 is probably stretching it. Because he had that little kind of run where he was in the, the team just because he was getting rested. Yeah, he, he is so young. You need to remember he is only 20. And then he did, he did a little injury. I think if he'd have stayed fully fit over that kind of period when Lee Griffiths kind of come back in. 40? So, I could think he could easily hit 40. 40. He could easily hit 40 because in this in this form just now, I mean, he's got 6 and 2. Celtic have actually got a decent run of games coming up. Yeah. Um, a couple of home games and everything. So, I, I, you know, I think he could easily score. And, and Brendan Rodgers made the point at the weekend as well at Missenden Belly that you're starting to see elements that Celtic are working on with him in terms of his hold-up play, the way he's receiving the ball. And you can see from, I think it was his hat-trick goal, he spun the centre circle, played James Forrest in. He'd done the same in the very first goal as well. So I think his all-round play is getting better. But I think at 20, it's, it's frightening what he can go in the chief. You're listening to the William Hill sponsored Scottish Sun Football Podcast. I'm Derek McGregor. I'm talking to the well respected David Friel. Moving on to Edinburgh matters, David. The Hearts Hibs Scottish Cup tie on Sunday. Quite frankly, for me, that rated one of the worst, ugliest capital derbies I've ever seen. Your thoughts? <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't really disagree. I mean, I, I sometimes quite enjoy those games in the sense that. It's, it's blood and thunder. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's quite it's, tacti- it's quite tactical and it's quite te- intense and it's tense and you know there's very few chances and both teams are getting really stuck in and there's a wee edge to the game and everything. But it was hard to watch. It was hard to watch. I mean, Neil Lennon made it clear his team selection was very much not just experience. He packed the team with experience, but he was also mindful of the pitch. I thought he got it spot on with his team selection. Yeah, he did. He did. And, and, and Hibs showed. I mean, you looked at the Hibs bench. And you had guys like Shinny and um, Humphrey, and you think that's guys that could probably add a bit. But Neil Lennon sent a team out to do a job. They were very, very solid. They were very physical. Yeah. And and they matched hearts. And I, I think the game was summed up. It was two teams that had a lot to lose, and and you know probably just meant they didn't go for the win that as much as they maybe would. You know, Hearts didn't want to lose in home home um, sorry with Hibs. Hibs are defending champions. Are the holders of the Scottish Cup? They didn't want to go out to Tynecastle. It was a very cagey game, very few chances, and a, a real tactical battle. But I think the Easter Road game, will, Hibs will definitely approach it differently. But I think it, that might suit Hearts as well because Hearts now, for me, have got a lot of good players in Middle of the Park. I think they're a good team to watch. I think Calves has been brilliant as well. So I think with the more space, which I'm assuming Hibs will give them, I think it could be a fascinating replay. No sitting in the fence here, David. Who's going through? I think Hearts will go through. Oof. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, fair enough. Big verdict, big verdict. There's a midweek game at Pataudry, David. Aberdeen, Motherwell. Aberdeen, their game in hand. They have a chance to have a bit of daylight between them and Rangers in second place. Do you think Aberdeen will take this chance? Or, as they did last season, stumble when they really had to win? I think they'll take the chance. I do. I, th- I think Aberdeen are a good run of form. Just now, I think they're getting the job done. They lost at Celtic Park. Every team loses at Celtic Park this season, so I don't think Derek McInnes will be too disheartened at that. You know, I think to go and beat Ross County again at the weekend, tough, tough venue. Good, good win for them. Grind out a one 0 win, and yep. I just think I, I think he's got a good thing going again. I think he's at the start of the season he was maybe too guilty of changing his team and overthinking things. And Rooney was in and out, McGinn was in and out. Hayes was, Hayes was a kind of the constant. Madison was there, but I think he's now settled on. His strongest team he's got Ryan Christie I think it's a really good signing for Aberdeen yep. I think they're hitting a bit of form and a, a real good run at an important time and I, I can't see him slipping up against Motherwell I think Motherwell have got some really good players and they are a threat but I just think Aberdeen love too much for them and I think it's going to be fascinating because I wouldn't discount Hearts as well 
from from that that race for second. You know, Celtic are away. Celtic have won the league, but I think the the, the battle for second place is going to be really fascinating in the last couple of months. David, excellent opinion analysis as always. Thank you very much.